0: Welcome to the True North Collective podcast. True North metaphorically means your true center. If you follow Christ, then your True North is the direction that leads you to the heart of God. This podcast is about navigating through youth ministry, young adults ministry, culture, parenting, dating, marriage, and all that life has to offer. Navigating through those topics in the direction that lands at the heart of God. And now for your host of True North. What up? thank you for lending me your ears your heart and your mind my name is lindsey melton jr this is the true north collective podcast so one thing we're going to talk about today is something that you the viewers have um or you the listeners excuse me um i guess i'm prophesying myself maybe we'll do a tv show or something who knows but uh you the viewers have suggested and that is as um the body of christ uh, as people who believe in Jesus, follow Jesus, 2,000 years later, have we strayed away, not just from the message, but the method of Jesus. Um, so we're going to talk about today. And and, and the person I'm going to bring on is somebody that I know is laser focused on the message and the method um, of you know Jesus delivering the gospel, all that. His name is Pastor Jordan Ork. Uh, Pastor Jordan and his wife, Kara, they are the Pastors of the Glory Center in Portage, Michigan. Pastor Jordan, how are you?
1: Lindsay, I am very well. I am uh, looking out my window here in Kalamazoo, Michigan at some a uh, little bit of snowfall, and I got a nice cup of Starbucks coffee with me.
0: Nice, nice. I believe you can never go wrong with a uh, nice cup of Starbucks coffee. Um, Pastor Jordan, one of the things I wanted to bring you on to talk about is, as a body of believers, as the church what do you feel like we, um, 2,000 years later, have maybe migrated away, you know, migrated from, whether it's certain methods or certain doctrines, um, teachings, the way we do things, um, you know, just things that you have witnessed?
1: Yeah, um, I, I think one of the things that I have observed and that many people have observed for the last, you know, 20-odd years um would be what is known as uh the seeker friendly movement in the church world and i think it's particularly prevalent in the west in the western church world particularly in america and i think the seeker friendly movement um has resulted in a very profoundly uh in moving away from many things, and this affects many streams. It, it, it you know, it's charismatics like you and I. It's affected the charismatic church world. It's affected, you know, the denominational church world. It's really hit things for the most part uh, across the board. And and you know, and, and a couple of things, you know, I would say, you know, if someone's thinking, well, what is the seeker friendly movement? Um, we can address that and then uh, some of the things that has have, have come as a result of that. But, you know, the seeker-friendly church movement, in a nutshell, you know, is uh, a church, a, a way of doing church that is programmed or uh, built or designed to basically uh, dumb – church the way of doing church down so as to reach either you know spiritual seekers uh people who are what we as christians would call lost you know the lost and and so it's basically um in my way of putting it at least it's dumbed everything down so you know churches have gone from uh in many ways from at least us as charismatics, you know, maybe your church service starts at 1030 and then, you know, we endeavor to do whatever we feel the Lord is leading us to do. Even if we have a, you know, a, a bit of a format, which is, you know, good, you need structure and leadership in these things. Um, but things basically went from, you know, well, we'll start at 1030 and then we'll worship and we'll we'll preach the word, we'll pray for people, we'll do testimonies, we'll do whatever – and then basically things have said, no, we'll start at 1030. We'll do three songs. We'll preach a you know, 30 to 45-minute sermon because uh, anything beyond that, people can't handle. And then we get let out at noon, period. You know. And so things went from more of a free flow to more of a uh, seeking God, what does the Lord have for us today, uh, across the board, to this is how we do it, this is how we're going to do it. Um, and, and there's, Lindsay, there's so many dynamics to it. It's kind of hard to put it all uh, into one little thing. Sometimes I have found when you say seeker friendly, some people say, well, shouldn't we be friendly and shouldn't, well, of course we should be friendly. That's not really, you know, that's sort of a generic usage of the word friendly and seekers. Of course, you know, uh, Jesus came to seek and save, you know, the lost, those types of things. Of course, um, but basically, in a large way, the Holy Spirit, it seems to me, in many ways within this structure and movement, uh, has been all but kicked out of the church, essentially. And basically, we we put our plan together. We hope uh, we'll let the Holy Spirit do something as long as he does it uh, within our format, within our way of doing it, uh, basically as long as he has our permission, so to speak. And so, and then you get into other things like the modern worship thing. Um, I personally, I like all uh, godly, scripturally based, you know, I don't, whether it's older music, older from our, you know, as of right now in 2018, what we would call old music or hymns or these types of things, uh, more modern music from Bethel and Jesus culture and Hillsong and any number uh, of, of people and groups. Um, to me, that's not really the point. But I, I throw that out there to say sometimes people associate uh, modern music with seeker-friendly. I, I'm not saying that. Um, I'm open to any type of worship that glorifies Jesus and brings us into the presence of God and that type of thing. So I don't know if I described that very well or not, but that's in my way of understanding it, uh, what the seeker-friendly movement has been um, in some ways. And if you need me to elaborate more on it, you know, just tell me.
0: No, I mean, that's that's good. Um, You know, I guess how we got here, um, would you say it's been subtle transitions or or more impactful stuff? You know, it was this one moment right here. Um, what would you say?
1: Yeah, probably a little bit of both, I, I would say, to be honest with you. I think there were many, uh, when uh, one, one individual in particular, and then uh, maybe a few other now well-known uh, ministries and ministers Got on board with it. Probably a lot of people said, "Oh my goodness, this is how you get church growth," and they jumped right on board. And then some probably, you know, progressively watched it happen and got on board with it. Let me say this isn't to, at all to suggest that these are bad people or oh yeah people yeah. who don't love Jesus or anything like that. Also, um, I would also say though what, one of the the more particularly negative things that has happened within uh, this is, well, let me mention two things, and I sort of mentioned one already, but let me mention uh, two things here. One is within our charismatic streams, uh, the Holy Spirit, the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit, these types of things have uh, basically been shut down and kicked out of the churches um because seeker you know seeker friendly uh within seeking lost people and this type of thing what what's often is communicated is that we we don't want to do things on a Sunday morning service where we have visitors who are seeking you know we don't want something to happen that would uh frighten them or scare them or that they wouldn't understand and that type of thing um you know we, we we certainly don't you know want a tongues and interpretation of tongues or word of prophecy or people falling down under the power of the spirit we, you know that would scare people off and we don't uh, want anything like that of course and then of course you know I go back to the scriptures or I endeavor to and I think about Jesus and uh, his ministry you know Jesus never um, communicated anything like that Jesus never didn't heal the sick or speak the word of his father or any such thing but for fear that it would offend someone and then furthermore and it's really interesting uh specifically concerning the gift of tongues and the interpretation of tongues if you go to first corinthians chapter 14 paul actually says that tongues and interpretation of tongues would result in the lost and the unbelieving being convinced that the Christian God is the real God. So it's amazing that uh, we have so t- turned the thing around that we say that uh, you know, these things would scare people off when Jesus and Paul, uh, through demonstration and through teaching, uh, and even explicitly concerning tongues and interpretation of tongues, that's the one that really, you know, you know, kind of puts people on edge, maybe. Uh that's uh the the one that's really been targeted is we definitely don't want that. So and then the other thing I would just throw out there is uh biblical teaching has really, really really been dumbed down, which I think is an ex- uh just a a shame. Well let me m- mention just lastly here, that um, in most of the world, particularly where you see Christianity absolutely exploding, uh, Africa, which, you know, is, of course, a massive continent with many, 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 many people, So, but you see a massive explosion of Christianity, and then in places like China, which, again, massive country, massive population, but these are places where the power and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is accepted by and large and is exploding and is producing, not necessarily, and I'm sure it is, but let me, I want to say this the right way. Church growth. But when I say church growth, I don't necessarily just mean each and every individual local church. I mean the church, the body of Christ. Christianity is exploding, all right? But in America in particular, we in many ways have seen a decline in uh churches are shutting down, uh at a uh discouraging rate, you might say, or disheartening rate, um and that type of thing and, and progressively you see uh change in the uh culture, just many things happening there in a decline.
0: Do you think it has something to do with the sicker friendly movement?
1: Well, I think it has everything to do with uh shutting down the manifestation of the spirit uh and fighting let me say it this way fighting the church in america has intentionally consciously deliberately knowingly uh fought against a gospel of power and has embraced a gospel of intellectualism and powerlessness wow wow and so that that's been a huge thing and and once again the teaching's been so dumbed down and that's across the board, uh that's the, the seeker the seeker friendly movement, you know, can go across multiple streams, whether it's charismatic, you know, Baptist, Pentecostal, uh, Methodist, well, it doesn't really matter, across the board. And so that has resulted in a, a massive uh dumbing down of teaching. Um but I, you know, Lindsay, I'd also say that just the teaching in general. Um I want to see um the body of Christ as a whole. I feel one of my a grace that's on my life is to help bring a uh, a healthy embracing of both charismatic holy spirit power and uh sound biblical doctrinal emphasis. Not not to be pharisaical jerks or snobs or anything like that. Um but at the same time, to have a healthy embracing of biblical teaching, even as charismatics and and Lindsay, I know you've probably seen a lot of this um, you know you might go to church on sunday morning and and hear a sermon you know on three signs of you know an Absalom well okay that's that that's fine those things can have their place. I teach things in that prophetic vein sometimes. I'm saying the emphasis needs to be on Scripture, New, new Covenant, New Testament sound, doctrine, yeah. teach, things that feed people. I, I think of Brother Kenneth, no, brother Hagen, Kenneth Hagen. I think of Andrew Womack and Joseph Prince and these guys. These guys taught and teach the Scripture. Like, you know what I'm saying? Scripture and verse and, and these types of things. So anyways, that's those are some of the uh negative trends i've seen but some things in mentioning the negative i also what i do want to see i want to see embracing of the spirit and i want to see uh embracing of you know sound uh, doctrinal emphasis so we don't understand and you mentioned this at the very introduction i think because we don't understand the the radical nature of the gospel and the i don't know what to call it the over the top goodness of God and his perfect love his abundant grace his unending mercies it can make it difficult for some people uh many people to preach uh certain things you know in mentioning Romans chapter 1 uh you, you see Paul, you know, gives his introduction, and then in verses, you know, uh, sixteen, verse sixteen, Paul says the and seventeen. He said the gospel reveals the righteousness of God, given as a gift to man, just as uh, just as it's written, the just will live by faith. Kind of meshing those together there, and then he gets in, you know, after verse eighteen to the end of the chapter, he he gets into. uh, Essentially, homosexuality and um, men and women, homosexuality, lesbianism, and then he goes through that, and then and and see, Lindsay, this is this is a a great example of why we want to get to a back to sound biblical hermeneutic, which you know, interpretation of Scripture, exegesis. We want to get back to this because Paul goes through that and see I feel perfectly comfortable telling anyone that homosexuality is a sin. Now what what has happened because of I what I feel and, and what has happened with in how we communicate these things is a, is a somewhat of a lack of biblical understanding. When I say homosexuality is a sin, I am not saying um, you're a wretched, vile, no good. God hates you. You know, I I explained to my son the other night. He was six years old, just turned six recently. He, he was asking me about sin, and I explained to him sin isn't so much uh, just doing something bad. Sin is more about believing something wrong because you you do what you believe good or bad and and he said oh yeah like when he was like oh yeah like when the devil told Adam and Eve and I was like exactly exactly he, it was I was glad he he had a frame of reference there and so sin is you know the greek word hamartia and it just means to miss the mark and so it it's literally taken from archery in, in the world at that time and so Lindsay if you and I were out shooting uh bow and arrows you know at a at a target, if we didn't hit the bullseye, then we would the word for that would be hamartia miss the mark and so homosexuality in in my opinion for and just using that as an example isn't you're no good, God hates you, god's gonna kill you, God wants you to go to hell da, 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 da. no it's a missing of the mark it's 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 functioning in a way that I wasn't made to function. I've believed a lie, so I'm acting improperly with my nature. And then you get out of chapter 1 and you go into chapter 2, and then Paul starts, Paul called it out, clearly is what it was. And then he tells in chapter 2, he says to the Jewish believers in the Roman congregation, he says, you who are judging other people, he said, "O man, whosoever thou art that judgest, he says, it is inexcusable. He said, or do you not know? It is the goodness, verse 4, of God, which leads me into repentance. And so I think Paul had a, an incredible, obviously, understanding of being able to deal with something, but it wasn't to condemn people. He could reveal it for what it was to come in and show that the goodness of God is the answer to the problem. Sin is... Uh, Sin is simply missing the mark by believing something that's not true. And that's why even the word repentance, and I'm hoping and praying and desiring to see the church really understand uh, what repentance is and isn't. And it's the Greek word metanoia. It's meta as in like metaphysics, which means change. And then noia is like, Uh, Like in Romans twelve, where Paul said, uh, "Don't be conformed to this world or this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind." The word "mind" is the word "nuos," um, which is where "noia," "nuos," "noia" comes from, and it literally means uh, to to change your mind. And so, repentance has everything to do with what we believe. And so, uh, that's why Jesus said, "If you." know the truth he didn't say if you change your behavior you would be made free he said if you know the truth you'll be made free he said i'm the way the truth he didn't say i'm the way and the right behavior modification because behavior inevitably 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 follows belief and so we've we the church has been trying to deal with behavior for forever and today and uh Clearly hasn't worked, and it's it's why it's so important to deal with belief. And if we have the right belief in place, uh, there won't. It's like anything else. We're still people. We're still humans. There's not going to be overnight perfection, but I think we would see significantly greater changes. You know, by feeding people the truth instead of trying to beat them into doing what we think they should do, we would see much greater results. I believe. I believe that's the biblical. That's why Paul repeatedly told Timothy, "Teach such and such doctrine. Command such that they teach no other contrary doctrine." We see this emphasis repeatedly. That it's it's what we believe that is at the foundation. And again, that's why we want to get back to not being Pharisaical, self-righteous jerks. I am not at all uh, endorsing that, but at the same time we do want to understand that uh, teaching sound truth is what changes lives. Wow.
0: Wow. Uh, Jordan, man, we are, I I could keep this going, but we definitely got to wrap this up. Uh, Just real quick for everybody that's listening, um, tell them the name of your book, um, name of your church, how they can um, keep updated with everything you're posting and sharing and all that.
1: The, my church website, the church my wife and I pastor is glorycenter.org, O-R-G, glorycenter.org. And then uh, my personal ministry website and simply my name, Jordan J O R D A N Oric O R I C K dot com, and then uh, the book, mm-hmm. the, my first book that is uh, currently my only published book, is called and it's on my personal ministry website. It's called My Favorite Verses Not in the Bible.
0: I love that title.
1: Choosing, yeah, thank you. And sometimes I I, I have come to find that some people are like, well, what do you mean? And so the the whole point is. There's 12 chapters in the book, and the whole premise is each chapter is dealing with a a popular, commonly accepted teaching, but that, but that I contend is not really biblical. So, uh, And I guess I'll throw out one thing, and, Lindsay, of course, in saying this, I'm not saying that you either accept or reject it, so you don't have to – I'm just saying one chapter in the book is you have a generational curse. And I, and for me, that is one of my favorite verses. That's not in the Bible. I contend and I expound in that chapter why, as regardless as common or popular as that is, I hold it's not a uh, really an authentically biblical doctrine or teaching. So that's the premise, and that's the website. Yeah,
0: Jordan. Thank you so much, man. Uh, my 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 man, uh, you you definitely dropped so much wisdom and so much knowledge in that just in that small uh, that small episode but wow that was a that was a meat sandwich i'm going to call it a meat sandwich um everybody that's listening please make sure you look jordan work up uh, on social media adam follow him all the above uh go out and buy his book i have it you can't have my copy you got to buy your own copy um, especially where i have like several things underlined and highlighted because i mean God is definitely um, just pouring a wealth of knowledge in this guy. Um, him and his wife Kara, they're doing great things. Uh, make sure you give love to uh, your kids and care from me and my family.
1: I, I certainly will. Please, please do the same for uh, your missus there and uh, Lindsay. I, for what it's worth, you're a, you're a grown man and uh, not that you need you know whatever, but for what it's worth, as a former teacher and colleague and friend of yours you're a a great man of god and for what little bit it matters i'm extremely proud of you and uh, kelsey and just you guys are incredible
0: so thank you so much for tuning in to true north we hope you'll join us again next time